Welcome to Positive with Patrick, the podcast all about positivity, negativity, and all the life that falls between. I'm going to be talking with a whole load of different guests about their lives and how they've got through their harder times. We'll be talking about all sorts of random things and having a laugh as well. Coming up in this episode... Oh, Kev. See, because it was funny, as I was showering and, you know, cleaning my bits this morning, I was thinking of you. (laughs) Do you know what? Do you know what? I don't know whether to take that as a compliment. No, do you know, it's, no, it's, don't, look, don't get excited. It's not personal. (laughs) What a way to start an interview. If the point is sore, you probably shouldn't have sex. No, that's true. You should be putting cream on it. Caniston Combi. I've got something better. Oh, Oh, Kev, this is a disaster. (laughs) All right, then. Welcome. Welcome to Positive with Patrick. Kev Orkian, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. I'm up in Thurston, uh, which is um, uh, in Norfolk, because I'm doing the Christmas Spectacular here, kicking off on the 9th of November right through to the 23rd of December. So I'm here. I'm staying in a one-bedroom little cottage. Uh, and that's where I'm talking to you from. So I'm um, having a lovely time here. Just, sorry, um, can you please just never use the C word with me? Cottage, okay. No, not that one. The other one, the longer one. Christmas. D- don't swear. I, I, you just asked me to tell you what the word was. I, I said no, cottage and you said no, no I didn't, didn't say say it again. I just said don't say it. Don't swear. Winter. Uh, the winter season. That's all right. That's all right. Okay. So now there let's get go. real. Can we get real for a second? Go for it. How positive are you on a scale of zero to 10? 10 being feeling on top form. We know there's no perfect, but where are you at the moment? 15. 15? No, I swear on my life. Um, I, I'm, I'm regularly positive. There are days that I can go downhill. Um, 15? 15? Uh, oh, God, yeah, I'm buzzing. Because you know what I'm doing tonight? You're doing your show. No, what? I'm driving down to do my show in London with Catherine Jenkins for Prince Charles. That's why I'm buzzing. What? I know, exactly. So I'm travelling down to London tonight. I'm going to the Rosewood Hotel and I'm doing a show with Catherine Jenkins that I did on ITV. And we're performing for the British Forces Foundation uh, and our attendee is Mr Prince Charles. Okay, so... Do you have access to tickets? No. What you were thinking of doing giveaways, yeah, on your on your podcast? No, just for me. I don't care about anyone else. <laughs> Why would I want to do a giveaway on my podcast for anyone else <laughs> when it's you? I, firstly, I haven't seen you perform. I don't care who the others are in the thing. I only want to see you. I don't care about Charles and his nose and ears. <laughs> <laughs> Bless you. Well, listen, at the end of the day, I'm going to walk on stage. I'm doing 15 minutes and that's me done and dusted. Oh, Kev. See, because it was funny as I was showering and, you know, cleaning my bits this morning, I was thinking of you. <laughs> Do you know what? Do you know what? I don't know whether to take that as a compliment. No, you know, or... it's, no it's, don't, look, don't get excited. It's not personal. When I'm showering, I prepare my mind for the day. Oh, okay. 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 It's just, I I run through the the kind of the things I've got on the day and I think, but I was thinking about you and I was like, 
I've met you, we've spoken lots, but I've never seen you perform. And I'm really no. excited about that. So anyway, while we're on this bit, tell people what you do, what your, your gig's about and blah, blah. Tell us. Uh, I'm a performer. I'm a, a businessman, a performer, an entrepreneur, a speaker and a motivational um, coach. So what I do is everything to do with basically keeping people positive. I do it through comedy. Uh, I tour around the world as a stand-up comedian and a concert pianist, but I also run four businesses all in the entertainment sector, and that includes Howling Entertainment, British Pantomime Academy, which uh, nurtures pantomime stars, and finally, of course, Jonglers, which is the biggest comedy brand in the UK that I own as well. Wow. So you're not busy at all then? No, quite far from it, actually. I feel really lazy today. Yeah, uh, I'm not doing much. I'm not doing much at all. Wow. Wow. I mean, you know, for someone that stood me up for an hour and 11 minutes being lazy, I think that's quite that's quite special, Kev. You're not going to let that one go, are you, Patrick? Oh, well, no, the good thing about me is uh, I, I'm known. I'm known for letting things go. And no, not know, really. No, no, no. no, no, no. You, know, you know, I've let something go when you can see my claw marks down the side of it. Listen, one of the things one of the things I love about you and our dynamic is whenever we chat, it's fun, right? It's always oh, totally. fun. It's always fun, right? So totally. heading into some fun random things. Tell us three random things about you. Any three things you want. Random? Anything. Any three. Okay. Okay. I get up every morning at 5 a.m. Uh, that's my body clock. And I do most of my most... Um, inspirational and motivational work as in anything to do with my businesses my health my my mindset everything happens before 7 30 a.m so from 5 to 7 30 a.m every morning i do more um creativity than i do the rest of the day that's the first thing from 5 a.m to 5 30 i do a manifestation uh, so I sit down and I manifest. So yeah, when you were doing to... your manifestation this morning, did you plan on being an hour and 11 minutes late for me? Yeah, manifestations are shit, Kev. They don't work. Maybe you should manifest being on time. Mm. It's like that, is it, Pat? It's like that, is it? Okay. Um, second well, thing. Oh, so we're, we're jumping now. We, okay. Uh, the second thing, I am obsessed with Columbo, the TV show. Uh, I have seen every episode probably over two, maybe 300 times. What? I know. My third, my third is I am actually a very good chef. So, yeah. so that's another random one. So I cook a lot. I, I do a lot of um, dishes, random dishes. Um, and I try and copy the Michelin star chefs what? Uh, at home. Mm, I give. Oh, okay listen like i loved you before but now that i know you're a foodie it's like oh my god this is exciting this is exciting <laughs> I, do you know what i love that i want to i want you to cook for me obviously but you're too busy because you got four businesses two kids wife no i still cook i no no i, I come home um uh, most nights and um and, and, you know, the wife, my wife at the moment is still going through a really hard time with her broken ankle. So Ouch. I do a lot of cooking. I still do a lot of cooking at home. So it depends. My wife doesn't eat any kind of meat. Um, so she's, she's, not, um, uh, she's not a vegan. She's a vegetarian. So she still has, no, she's a, what is it when they eat fish? Presbyterian? Catholic? <laughs> no, you're right. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> 
did you did say you did say Presbyterian, didn't you? I did say Presbyterian. What is it when they <laughs> I, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. I do you know what there's another one I can share with you as well? I'm a concert pianist. Concert? Yes, I'm was a that your training? Pianist. Was that your training? Yeah, yeah. I I toured around uh, being a concert pianist for three years. I then backed down because it was a lot of practicing every day, you know, yeah. every day, hours and hours and hours on end. So I don't do that anymore. But I still tour around and I still do piano concerts with the comedy. So that's kind of what I do now. I want you to, if you can, think of a harder time in your life, maybe the hardest time in your life. Tell us if you can and feel comfortable doing it, what happened and how you got through that time. Uh, it was actually a really, that's a really interesting question. I, and the first thing that came to my mind was uh, my best friend, um, who I'd grown up with since the age of 10. And um, we had basically lived in each other's pockets for, uh, at that point, for probably about 20, uh, sorry, 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 probably about 15 years. Right. Um, and I was about 25 at the time. And it was great. We, we, we got on like a house on fire. Uh, he then moved in with me uh, at the age of 27, 28. I think he moved in with me. Okay. And we had a we had a great relationship. I mm. mean, I loved him. He was like the brother I'd never had. Mm. And I went on tour and he was living in the house uh, rent free. Um, mm-hmm. I was paying for everything. He, he was just I loved him. He was like my brother. And he was living rent free. And I said to him, look, I'm running this business. I'm going to be away for a few months, back and forth, of course. But would you mind just taking calls for me and just pass them over? And he went, yeah, no problem. And I found out that um, during the time that I was away, Mm. he didn't do anything. He he didn't take many calls. He didn't do anything. He was quite lazy. And he he enjoyed sitting around doing nothing. Um, When I came back, from a tour that I was doing, I walked in. It was um, Saturday morning, very early, 6 a.m. Mm. And I walked in to a house where the actual front door was on the latch. It hadn't been locked. So I thought, oh, bless him. He's up, he's up well early. He must be doing something. I walked into the house. The back patio doors were open. Uh, the radio was playing in the kitchen. There was a candle burning next to the dry flowers. The windows upstairs were open. And I just thought, my God, he's been up and he's been doing stuff already. So I called his name. I called his name a few times and he didn't answer. And I thought, what is going on? Where is he? You know, what's he doing? So I shouted again. I I thought, where is he? What's going on? Um, I then called him on the phone thinking he might be at the shops, uh, the local shops. Excuse me. And when I called him, he answered the phone like he'd just woken up. And I said, Mate, Darren, where are you? He said, oh, I'm in, um, uh, uh, I'm near um, Gatwick Airport. I said, Gatwick Airport? I said, what are you doing there? He said, um, I'm here for the weekend. I'm, stay- I'm staying at my cousin's. And I said to him, but you've left my house open. You've left the windows open, the doors open, the candles burning, the radios on. And he went, oh, have I? I said, yeah. And he said, oh. And I said, but what if someone had burgled me Darren and, he, and his uh, uh, answer to that was um, he said um, well you've got insurance haven't you and at that point I realised that actually the person that I loved and cared for uh, didn't reciprocate it back he didn't care for me or love me he was obviously happy to be using me um, yeah. Yeah. and that reality after being friends for nearly 
at that point, 18, 19 years, he, he was part of my life. Mm. I, I felt really let down. Mm. I went into a very dark space, uh, very dark. And I realized that, do I, do I allow myself to trust people like that again? And I didn't think I'd have a friendship like that again. Um, not with someone that I grew up with like that. So it gutted me because I thought I'd be buried with him. That's how much I loved him. Mm. Um, so I went into a dark place. But the dark place got even darker when he sent me a letter two months later claiming that he, I owed him £19,500. And when I looked at the letter, what he had done was I had helped him to get a job as a chauffeur for a limousine company. And in the letter, I had faked what he was earning working for me, which he wasn't working for me and he wasn't earning. But he was living for free in my house. But I had put that uh, my friend Darren is earning um, £1,100 uh, per month working for my company. And he had right. taken that letter and he yeah. turned it around. Um, yeah. So I had to get legal advice. And the legal advice was, they said, has he paid any rent? I said, no. He said, well, there you go. There's, you're, you're out of it and you don't have to worry. Yeah. I said, why? He said, well, you turn around and say he, <laughs> um, he owes you rent. So it got very bitter between us. And, and I hated it. And for mm. two years, I didn't speak to him because of that. Mm. And then one day, I um, I just called him out of the blue and I just said, um, I just said, I miss you. Um, I'm sorry things have gone the way they have, but um, I wish you all the, the love and success in the world. And I forgave me to be able to forgive him. And by doing that, I was able to move on. And uh, we don't speak anymore. But uh, once in a while, I do see him online. Um, and we do say a mutual hello to each other. But it's a shame. It's a real shame that 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 friendship went to such dark places, really. Mm. What was it? What was it, if I can ask Kev, that you felt you needed to forgive you for? I forgave me because I got angry. Um, at myself for allowing myself to boost uh, and I realized that I did need to uh, feel that way so I forgave myself because I, I realized that actually you know I'd be really hard on me I'd been really um, angry um, and I'd blamed myself for being used, um, being treated like an idiot. Um, but I realized that actually by forgiving me and saying, no, 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 it's not your fault, mate. Everyone mm. has their own way of living and doing things. And that was his decision. It was his decision to throw the friendship away. It wasn't mine. So that's why I, I, I say when I say forgive, because I forgave me for being angry at myself. Do you know something I've observed um, with the sort of work that I do with people is that quite often, I'd say a good 95% of the time when we are having really, really hard times, actually what makes it worse is we then compound it by giving ourselves a hard time for how we're yeah. feeling. Yeah, absolutely. And I, yeah, I, no, I you, you've hit the nail on the head there. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I quite often say to people, so are you ready to put the rusty old ax down then? Because if you're trying to move forward in life, and you're swinging a rusty old axe into your back, well, you're not going to get very far. No, no, absolutely. And I think a lot of people don't see the light um, on 
on what's going on. I mean, you know my story about my mum. Mm, mm. um, and you know, that's a very dark, um, that was a very dark time for me where my mum just decided she didn't want to speak to me anymore. Yeah. Um, and the questions I was asking myself were, why? Why me? Why my children? Why my wife? Mm. Why is this happening to me? Why, mm. why, 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 why? Just keep going on why. And the fact remains... We can't control other people. We should never do that anyway. What? But we can't control. Hold we up. can't control. Uh, God. What you, did you say we can't control other people? Well, we shouldn't be allowed to control other people. We should oh, be out there saying. Kev, Kev you're upsetting me because I, I thought, I mean, don't look, don't tell my partner this, but my whole thing was aren't relationships all about controlling and changing the other person? <laughs> I mean, that makes the happiest of marriages. Apparently, <laughs> apparently. But you know what? You can only, your thoughts are yours and they're mm -hmm. yours alone. Anyone else's thoughts are theirs. And if they don't like you or they don't want to be around you or whatever, then you know what? Wish them all the best and let them move on. But don't, don't question their thinking with your inner peace because if yeah. you do that you okay. begin to allow the outside to control the inside and by doing that that's when you start getting controlled so when you reflect now back on that friendship what would be what would be one of the the benefits or gifts that you received from that really hard time that's a really interesting question and the gift i got was to understand that actually um for me you should be able to be open and you should be able to trust anyone and everyone that you want to be friends with. Mm. Ultimately, that's what you do. However, if that person wants to throw that friendship away, that is also acceptable. Yeah. Um, and for me, that took a long time to, to learn. That, that, mm. that, was the, that, that was my lesson. God, I think I'm still learning that one. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 I'm still learning that one. I'm still learning. I've, I've actually, just, just to give you the heads up, in the last two months, I've actually um, moved away from two very good friends that I had. Where one was working with me, mm -hmm. uh, the other one was a friend that I've known since I was, it's got to be when I was 16 or 17. Yeah. Um, and I've known him predominantly since then. And mm -hmm. we've been very, very good friends. However, once I moved on from the relationship, I, I freed myself from a very negative human being. Um, and I realized how negative this human being was because once I moved away, I, I was able to breathe better and I was able to <laughs> see other people better. And I was able to actually understand that actually he's not the only one that does what he does and this and that, whatever. I realized he was actually a bloodsucker. They call mm. them bloodsuckers, where he letches onto you knowing that you'll be able to get him work. Uh, right, you'll be able to get him. Right. And once I stopped, he's actually currently working for a contact that I got him. Mm -hmm. um, and he's up there. I think he's in Blackpool at the moment doing his shows and good luck to him. You know, mm -hmm. he's doing what he's doing and he's having a great time. And, and I wish him all the best in the world, but yeah. he will never, ever, 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 ever use me again. Well, Quantity does not quality make, does it? I mean, we, no, we, right. we we all have friendships that you know span decades, and we all grow and change and whatever. True, um, and I think that's really important. And I, and I know because 
you've gone through a tough time uh, yeah. and I've heard your stories and I've heard everything that you've said. Yeah. You've gone through a tough time, but everyone goes through a tough time. Mm-hmm. It's how quickly you can learn from those adversities and then pick yourself up and go forward again mm. is what makes you a better person for yourself, not for other people, but for yourself. Yeah. And maybe it's not even about how quickly it's just that you keep picking yourself up. And you keep, you know, because the thing that you've, I've, I've always got from listening to you talk is that you share so openly and vulnerably as a really strong man. Um, and that's the gift that you give, that there isn't any right. sort of pretense. This is just, this is all of Kev. And all of Kev is a beautiful thing. And that's, Oh, yeah, I, 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 there's no know? point pretending. I, I think, and do you know what? Tell me if I'm right or wrong here, but can you tell if someone's not being themselves? I mean, I can. I can see. Well, yeah, because qu- quite often they're really boring. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And 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 do you know what? I mean, in this show that I'm doing right now, there are some awesome human beings. Mm. Uh, but I pick up on energy. Yeah, I seriously pick up on energy, and I can tell. I can point out the people that I know are either not sure of me, mm. or they just don't want to know. Mm-hmm. And I could pick those energies up immediately. Yes. There's this thing, I think you and I are similar. We both have this intuition and sensitivity about us where yeah. we can literally feel the, the frequency, the energy vibrations coming sure. off somebody. And then when yeah. you hear, hear them speak and then their voice adds a whole nother layer because you can just smell it, can't you? Oh, yeah, totally. One million you know? percent. And it's one of the gifts, one of the gifts of being, you know, having been through the sorts of things we've been through and lived the lives we've lived is um, we have that, you know, almost sixth sense, but also yep. we ha- have that capacity to be able to really be present for others and, and you know, yeah, totally. whatever they're going through. Hey, um, total, total tack change again here. Would you rather be a sloth or a cockroach? Uh, oh, that's a difficult one because... Sloths move very, very slowly um, in life, but they, they're they very wise, whereas cockroaches move very fast, but they've also got a very hard shell. Uh, and if, if I have to be honest with you, I might have started out as a sloth, but I've certainly, I've certainly become a hard shell over the years where I'm very much, I move, I move, I don't stop moving. Um, so yeah, I think for me, it's going to be, it's definitely going to be the cockroach because I don't stop moving. Uh, I've built a hard shell uh, over the last, you know, 15, 20 years of my career as a performer and a businessman over the last 10, 10 or 13 years. Uh, and I've built and I'm still building that shell. That's just beautiful. And the other thing about cockroaches is they have a soft underbelly. There you go. Right. And uh-huh. also they're really good at sniffing out bullshit. <laughs> True. Very nice. Would you rather eat sand or worms? You haven't given me much of an option, but no. there's still there's still there's still protein in a worm, isn't there? I know, I know. I'd Sorry. rather yeah. A little bit yeah, of a I'd gag have there, worms. the thought of it. Yeah, sand yeah, isn't I'd good. Eat worms. Don't yeah, eat sand. Don't eat sand. I tried to eat sand as an adult and it doesn't really go so well. Would you rather meet Dave Chappelle or Jerry Seinfeld? Uh, Dave Chappelle. Why? Because Dave Chappelle, um, he he breaks the barriers, whereas Seinfeld uh, shows you the obvious um, differences. He's much more observational, whereas Dave Chappelle, he's observational, but he 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 kind of burns um, a lot of the bridges because he wants people to talk about certain situations, certain um, 
subjects that other people find uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I like that. Like yeah, definitely. He's so provocative and so yeah. super smart in his thinking. It's beautiful. Yeah. Hey, um, your questions for me. Any three questions? Okay. So my first question is, if you could be uh, your, if you could go back and speak to your sixteen-year-old self mm. about about um, what the world holds for homosexuality. Mm. What would you say to your a sixteen year old self? Do it now. Do it now. Be bolder and braver and bigger than you feel you can be, because it's all going to be okay. And you've got an, you've got a resilience about you that you don't even know yet. Okay, that's good. That's really good. Second question would be, if you could invest you in anything. What would you invest in? What I'm doing at the moment, literally. Okay. Yeah. Things yeah, like, that's great. Things like this, Kev, spending time talking with you, my coaching business, the Mendable team, the app, because I've, I, I now feel like I've finally got to a place in my life where everything that I'm doing is benefiting and aligned with all of who I am. Okay. There's no, there's no edit required. What you see is what okay. you get is what you get. Yeah, I and love I, that. I just love that I can just keep going in this way where I've basically designed a suit. Yeah, I've cut out the pattern. I've sewn it together. I've tweaked it and edited it like tailors do. And then I get to wear this thing that I've created from nothing. I love it. Love it. Love that. Love that. Uh, and final question. If you could star in any movie that has either happened or mm. you might write yourself, what movie would you star in? Uh, this is quite easy because when I was a little kid, uh, when Back to the Future came out, I totally, <laughs> I totally had a crush on Michael J. Fox. I wanted to be him. He was so super cute. And that character and that role in that film was just iconic at the time. I mean, it still is now. It holds up it well. It still is now, yeah. And yeah, I yeah, that would have been it. But actually, rather than rather than be me in that, I just I want to be Michael J. Fox in that film. Okay, so Back yeah. to the Future, love it. God, nice love question. It. Hey, la you. my last question for you. Okay. When you're gone, what do you want to be remembered for? Making people laugh and making the world laugh. You, you might need to work a bit harder at that. <laughs> no, I don't need to work hard on that, you horrible human. I'm just joking. Um, I just want to be able to make the world laugh uh, one show at a time. That would be a blessing. So when I leave this planet, people are still smiling and laughing when I'm gone. That would be great. Uh, you know what, Kev? That's a really beautiful thing. Talking about, you know, legacy. Laughter, laughter. I've, I think I've said to you before, laughing in and at the darkest times of life has absolutely got me through every single one of them. Yeah, yeah, me too. Not necessarily on the day of the crisis or the, you know, that most painful bit, but eventually, you know, here's a little, here's a little way to finish off linked to that. When mum had died, mum was dead. She was in the hospital bed and there's just the, some of the immediate family. There's only four of us there because it was locked down and mum's dead. And when people die, their eyes don't close. You know, right. people try and close them like you see in films and they stay closed. No, no, it doesn't happen in reality. 
they stay open. <laughs> no, I didn't know that. True story, right? Because the liquid's gone, so it just doesn't. You can pull them down and then they pop back up. Anyway, so mum's lying there dead. Her eyes are open and uh, we've done the crying. We're just starting to chat and, you know, we're all pretty broken because it's been such a long build-up. Anyway, she's lying there with her eyes open. I said, well, dad, you've always been mum's star pupil, haven't you? (laughs) (laughs) He goes, you need several lashes for that one, son. (laughs) No. And we started this little pun war. Mum's dead. She would have been crying with laughter. She'd be going, stop it. You can't do that. I'm dead. <laughs> and honestly, that is so cool. it was just one of the most beautiful moments because we'd had so much stress to mum, uh, you know, with her motor neuron disease illness. And then our way of our releasing some of that stress and tension was having this little pun war and laugh, you know. Because you know what? That's so that's so beautiful because my father did something similar to, to that, but in a different way. He um uh, my uncle had passed away, not his brother, it was his brother-in-law. Right. But um my uncle had passed away. And uh they walked him, we were all in the church, and they walked him in uh over six gentlemen's shoulders, uh, this coffin, and they put it down into the middle of the uh into the middle of the church. And I remember saying to my father, I was only about 15 or 16 at the time and I, I, I turned around to my dad and I went I said his his uncle in the um in the coffin you know thinking I didn't I had never been to a funeral before and I was thinking oh I, I said his uncle in the coffin and my father very very seriously turned around to me and went no in a minute he's going to walk in he's going to open the casket get inside and then they're going to close it and I remember that's all he said and I just went oh right okay and I remember saying okay to him because I, I thought he was being serious and then when it sunk in, I laughed so hard <laughs> and he laughed so hard in the church that we were both, we, people were looking at us as, uh, because they thought we were crying because we had tears coming down our eyes. Yeah. But we were laughing for the wrong reasons and it was just hysterical. The way my father did that was one of the best things I've ever, ever experienced. So I think, yeah, and, and my uncle would have laughed his ass off. He would That's have laughed. The only, thing, the only thing that my father would have added to that at the end of the, the laughter between you and your father is, now, son, you need to keep a lid on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 totally, totally, yeah. <laughs> Ev, you're a gentleman. Thank you so much for your time. Beautiful chatting oh, with you, as always. I'll see you soon. I love you, mate. God bless. That was the hilarious Kev Orkian. What I took from the chat I just had with Kev was how it doesn't matter what's happened to us what people have done to us, what they've said, we can still choose to use our minds to direct our thinking towards where we want to be heading. We can also take learning from the painful things that have happened to us. Tune in next time where I will be talking to, you won't believe this, Bart Simpson. I know, he's hard to get hold of. See ya.